Like I said, we'd gotten into chapter 22 a little bit last week. Uh, I think we'd gotten down uh, into verse 6 last week. Uh, I know that there was a little bit more that I wanted to comment on on verse 6 last week, but I I know that there were many that were out of town. And uh, and for those of you that were here, I wanted to make sure that we continue to remember what's going on here because chapter 22 is a a fairly good... uh, uh, bit of information here within it, and a lot of little uh, little things that, uh, honestly, until I was studying for this class, <clears throat> I, I didn't even realize a lot of the little things that are, that are here within the text, and just want to make sure that we continue to bring those out and to, to look at these things as we compare uh, some of these aspects. And what I'm referring to here is that this in chapter 22, as most of you probably already know, uh, we have uh, God coming to Abraham and telling him to to go and offer his son Isaac uh, as a as a sacrifice. But we'll get into that uh, a little bit more. But I'm gonna I wanted to read the first six verses once again, and then just kind of recap these things just real quick. I'm not going to go into real depth. Uh, like we did last week as far as these first six, but just to, like I said, just to kind of bring us all back up to speed. So bear with me, uh, first six verses real quick. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on, the, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a, and a knife, and the two of them went together. All right, real quick, just kind of recapping some of these things, and there was a a few things that I, I wanted to say about verse 6 that I didn't get to say last week. But to begin with, as we look at the life of or this, this aspect of uh, Isaac being offered up as a sacrifice, I made the mention last week we can see a lot of comparisons here in between Isaac and Christ um, as far as the sacrifice that's being, that was being made here uh, almost as like a, a type and an anti-type. Uh, type of situation going on. But to begin with, we have in verse 1 uh, that, that uh, God coming to Abraham, and it says that uh, he was going to put forth him or going to test him. Uh, the test, as we see, is going to be him taking Isaac uh, and offering as a sacrifice. Um, we also see that Isaac was, uh, was loved uh, in verse Two, where it talks about how that you know, take your only son Isaac, uh, whom you love, 
And we'd made mention of how that last, last week I'd made mention of how that this was the first time we see the word love in the Old Testament. And we talk, and we, we see it as Isaac, how that he, or that, how that Abraham had loved Isaac. Also, the first time that we read about the, the word love in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, where God's speaking uh, to Jesus after he, had, he was uh, baptized by John the Baptist, and the dove descended upon him, and, and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, also in verse 1, or in verse 2, yeah, verse 2, <clears throat> we have where, we, where it says the land of Moriah, and we talked about that for a little bit last week. And this is one of the main things that, I, that just kind of floored me when I was uh, uh, looking into this, because I never really thought about, well, where is this land of Moriah? Well, in Second Chronicles chapter 3 and verse 1, we see that the land of Moriah is at Jerusalem, uh, it, which, once again, when we look at this, where was Christ sacrificed at? Where was his cross put at? It was just outside of Jerusalem, uh, possibly on the same mount that Isaac here is being uh, placed onto an altar. In verse 3, uh, 3 and 4, we have made mention of how that uh, Abraham, right after God had, had come to him and told him what he wanted him to do, we see Abraham waking up early uh, the next morning and prepared and left out. Now, as we look back at, um, at the time that we first see Abraham coming onto the scene, and we look over all the things that we've had coming up to this point with the life of Abraham, we see huge uh, improvements in Abraham's faith. Uh, going back and, and, and showing how much Abraham has continued to increase in faith, and so should we be as well as we continue on in our life, that we, our faith should continue to, uh, to grow stronger as we have challenges put before us. Uh, Roger, I don't remember, a couple of weeks ago, you'd, say, you'd maybe mentioned that there was a total of how many tests thereabouts? I mean, I know it's a roundabout number. About 10 tests that, that Roger could count. And, uh, and this was the final one, correct? All right. And so we had 10 tests that we can read about. You know, and I think I was talking to, to you after uh, service that day, and, 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 and you was telling me about it, and it was kind of a, a roundabout. You know, some of them can be kind of maybe what have you. But anyhow, if you just take the number 10, and there might be more depending on how you want to look at it. So 10 tests over this time period that we read about. You know, there might have been more that we don't even read about uh, coming up to this point. But here, uh, also, we in, in, in verse 5, I wanted to, to make sure we remember how that Abraham had told his servants uh, to stay here. You know, the two servants that he had taken with him along with the donkey said, stay here and, and with the donkey uh, while we go and worship and we will return. Um, once again, uh, we see uh, a, a tremendous amount of faith here. This is the, when we read this, a lot of times this is the, uh, the, the faith, that we think about, faith that we think about when we think about Abraham as being the father of the faithful. Um, 
because we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 17, it says, by faith, when he was tested, uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called, including that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So here we have, once again, like I was trying to make mention of, Abraham is uh, uh, showing the faith that, and, and telling his servants that they will return, that both of them will return to head back home, uh, that no matter what happened upon that mountain, whether or not that he did go through with the sacrificing or what have you, that God had promised that through Isaac, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And here we know that Abraham had faith that even if he was to have, have sacrificed him there, that he would have been able to raise him up from the dead. But um, as I continue to, to think about what was going on in verse 6 here, though, and this is where I'm kind of picking up from last week, I know Jim had made mention of here a little bit, but in verse 6, we, we read of how that Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. Like I said, going back to, to thinking about this Mount Moriah and where this would have been at, which would have been at Jerusalem, uh, and possibly the same mountain or the same spot of where Christ would have been sacrificed at, here we have Isaac bearing the own wood of the, sacri- of the altar that was going to be, uh, uh, that he was going to be laid upon, just as Christ would have been bearing his cross as he went up uh, onto the mountain as well. Also, when we think about how old Isaac may have been at this time, there's a lot of speculation out there as far as how old Isaac may have been. One thing that we do know is that he wasn't three years old because he would have had to been able to, to carry the wood for the sacrifice up. Um, we're also told that he, he's referred to as a lad. Um, in verse 5 where it says, the lad and I will go yonder and worship. Um, lad basically meaning young man. Now, over in chapter 21, when we read about Ishmael, uh, Hagar and Ishmael, after they had left, after uh, Abraham had sent them away, they were in the wilderness of, uh, of Beersheba, if I remember right. Yeah, the wilderness of Beersheba. And it talks about how that uh, she had placed... Now, some translation says boy, some says lad, but the uh, literal translation would be lad. Um, but we know that Ishmael at this time would have been around 16, 17 years old, uh, just going by time stamps that we have written in and knowing that Isaac would have been around three um, when uh, the feast was made there in verse 8 in chapter 21. But... So saying that, I don't know exactly how old Isaac would have been, but it's possible that he could have been um, around 16, 17 years old. 
uh, in a commentary I was reading, some may even think that he's around 25 or older. Um, In the commentary of Adam Clark, that is, uh, we have Josephus uh, saying that he supposed that Isaac would have been around 25. Um, So uh, we don't know. Some even say that he's as old as 36, and uh, some even want to put him at 33, uh, which would have been the same age as as, uh, Christ. But I think some of that has to do with them just trying to compare it, uh, you know, literal for literal. Um, But we have no idea of exactly how old... um, Isaac would have been at this time, but we do know that he would have been old enough to be able to carry the wood up. I've jabbered for a while, a long while apparently. Any thoughts or comments up to this point? Just out of curiosity, how old were you picturing? That's usually the picture that I always had as well. And it could have been 12, 13. We don't know. know, and, And ultimately, we just don't know. Um, I was just trying to, and that's what I was actually doing over here, by the way, when I was sitting down, I was trying to figure out, you know, different aspects, and I'd pulled up several things on the web trying to find different things, and you have several different aspects as far as the word lad being used in different age ranges uh, upon that, but one of the biggest ones that I can remember uh, right off the bat was Ishmael, just because it was in the chapter prior, which would have been putting him around 16, 17 years old. Uh, did I see another hand? Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it's it's just you know, different things that we think about uh, when we read uh, just books in general. Um, you know, sometimes we have character placements and we're not told uh, some of the exact things of what might be going on. And this is you know, very much the case. We're not told exactly the age. We're just told that it's a young man, which was what lad uh, means. Yes, ma'am. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you, and one of the things that I, I thought about when we was talking about your, these aspects as far as you know, what he was asked to do. And we have um, uh, uh, in verse 3 where it says he rose early in the morning. I mean, and, and just like, like he was eager to, to get this done and out of the way. And, man, I tell you, that would have been, you know, if, if I was the lag, well, that would have been a time where I'd have been, uh, yeah, I guess I ought to go do something today. <laughs> um, but, but once again, we see uh, Abraham here showing tremendous faith in, in these aspects. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, didn't want to see any pictures on Instagram about that, right? Um, but absolutely, uh, he did tell them to stay there, and we see that they did obey later on as well. Um, all right, well, starting, uh, let's read the next two verses in verses 7 and 8, uh, which also gives us an idea of, as far as Isaac and the age here, because he has age or thoughts of at least comprehension, which you know, shows you that he's you know, older than like three, uh, but once again, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, verse 7 says, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, 
the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for which for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. One of the first things that I think about in this is I don't know how talkative of a person Abraham might have been uh, in general, like in travel times, you know, such as this, or well, maybe not in the same situation, but say they were you know, in a normal situation where they might have been traveling or, or going out to, to offer up a lamb for sacrifice, which, by the way, uh, it would have had to have been something they would have done uh, regularly at least, or at least a few times before in Isaac's life, because otherwise, how would Isaac have known what they were about to do? And why would he have asked, where is the lamb? Uh, obviously, this was something that they had done uh, at some points in times. And, and as we read prior situations, you know, maybe not with Isaac so much, but we see Abraham uh, offering up sacrifices um, before in the, in, the, in the book of Genesis up to this point. So the thought of, um, of Abraham offering up sacrifices isn't new. Uh, Isaac even knew this because he even knew about the, uh, the lamb that, would need, that they would be needing to sacrifice. Um, but what I was trying to get at, though, is that I can almost picture in my mind this being a very quiet trip. Abraham not really saying a whole lot of anything. Like I said, I don't know how, how talkative Abraham would have been uh, on normal occasions where they would have gone out to offer up a sacrifice. But just in the way that this is, this is worded here, it sounds to me like it was very quiet. You know, where Isaac, uh, once again, pointing out that he was at least old enough to think about what has happened in the past and what they're about to go do and understanding that they're missing something. Um, <clears throat> but when he says, you father, and he says, here I am. You know, it, it's like it was dead quiet uh, in a sense. Like I said, I don't know that for sure, but that's just what I have pictured in my mind. And something else that I had read, um, and, and I didn't make note of it, and I should have, but... Um, Adler, I think was the guy's name, uh, had made reference to how the, <clears throat> the literal translation of uh, when Abraham had spoke back and said, uh, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. He says that the literal translation from the Hebrew is God sees before him the lamb for sacrifice. If that's the case, boy, that, that really puts forth a, a, a different thought process there. But either way, <clears throat> we know that God uh, would provide a lamb offering or uh, a lamb for all sacrifice later on. Absolutely, referencing how that Christ would have been uh, the lamb of God being sacrificed. <clears throat> all right. Let's look at the next couple of verses. Uh, Verses 9 and 10 says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. 
And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. As I'd made mention, we've read many times up to this point of Abraham building off altars and you're offering up sacrifices during different time periods of his life here up to this point. I don't think that Abraham was uh, would have would have not built this the same way or or even better in a sense than what um, he would have done in the past. And as we think about the the aspect here, as far as Isaac, um, how that 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 Abraham had taken him <coughs> and bound him and put him upon this altar which when it had made, made reference to upon the wood, which once again we can look back and what was Christ laid upon. He was laid upon wood uh, of the cross before he was uh, nailed to it and, and stood up for sacrifice. But we have Isaac here laid upon the wood um, of this cross, of, of this altar. And we have Abraham reaching out and grabbing the, um, the knife to come down upon him. To keep the thought going, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask in just a minute because I want to make sure we get through this next section. <clears throat> Verses 11 and 12. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So here we have Abraham had built the altar, bound his son, placed him upon the altar, picking up the knife, having it above his head, prepared to come down upon him as the angel of the Lord called out, Abraham, Abraham. We can see many times uh, in the Bible where the Lord calls out someone by name and calls them out twice, as he did here. Typically, it's in times of importance. It's in times of of something that's going to be said uh, right afterwards. Um, for instance, in, in Genesis chapter 46 and verse 2, we have uh, God calling out Jacob uh, as before he goes down, or as he's traveling, actually, he was stopped at Beersheba, uh, which is interesting. We'll discuss that at another time. But um, as, he go, as he's heading down towards Egypt, to see his son, Joseph, that he hadn't seen in quite some time because he had just realized that he was still alive and he was traveling down. And God comes to him and says, Jacob, Jacob, says, uh, uh, and, and basically assures him you know, not to fear about going down to Egypt because he will bring uh, them up out of Egypt and back into the land of Canaan 
uh, one day. You know, not him specifically, but his um, his uh, lineage, his seeds. <clears throat> uh, we also have Moses as he turned to the burning bush uh, to, to see this bush that was not being consumed in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, where God calls out Moses, says, Moses, Moses, uh, before he uh, discusses to him about what he wants him to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10, we have God calling out Samuel twice before you know, saying his name twice uh, in a dream. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 5, we have Saul on the way to Damascus as he's persecuting Christians and Christ coming to him and saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Um, So we see this uh, showing up in in important times. And here, I can't imagine that this would have been any less important as Abraham is about to pull, bring down the knife upon his son. And the angel calling out, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on this lad. Now, we had made mention last week as far as how that, you know, because there in verse, uh, what was that, verse 12, where it talks about how that since, uh, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. We had discussed last week as far as how that you know, God would have known Abraham's heart even before this was carried out. But as, the, as, as James points out, in James chapter 2, starting in verse 20, where it says, But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Pointing this aspect out, uh, showing us that just because God would have known that that's how he would have, you know, that this would have been the outcome, Abraham working out his faith showed his faith. And as what we were talking about last week, this wasn't for God's aspect in a sense. It was more for Abraham's uh, faults, for Abraham to see uh, what was willing to be done and how much of an encouragement it would have been for Abraham after he had come through this test uh, that God had put him in. I believe that that's a, uh, a very good uh, relation there as far as Abraham willing to sacrifice his son and God actually sacrificing his son. Um, And I didn't bring it out, but you you can also see a resemblance in Isaac and Christ as well, as both of them were willing to lay their 
as a sacrifice. Now, I know it says that Abraham had bound him uh, and put him upon this altar. Now, if, if, and I'm not trying to get too wrapped up in ages or anything, but if Isaac would have been, let's just pick a round number, at 15, think of, a, of someone who's around the age of 15, and then think of someone who's around the age of 115, and imagine this person that's 115 picking this person up that's 15 years old and placing him upon that altar. I feel like it would have been a little bit of a, of a feat for someone. So to some extent, and this is all speculation on my part, but to some extent, I feel that Isaac would have pretty much had to lay there upon that altar. Um, so, but the, the aspect there as far as uh, of Abraham willing to offer his son and God uh, also willing and actually offered his son for us, and also the relation there as far as Isaac and Christ, as far as the, the willingness to obey uh, as well. But yes, very good point. Anything else? I feel like that Abraham was the only one that understood God, God's thought process? Maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> And he was extremely faithful. And as you made mention, we read no instance whatsoever that Abraham ever questioned uh, God. And, and I think everyone in here would probably have a hard time thinking about the, the aspect of what was going on here. Now, right, right. Which also just shows the increasing uh, of his faith. Uh, you know, as, as he continued to grow and increase in his faith. Absolutely. Well, I think it's also, because uh, I, I mean, not trying to discredit anything there, but I, it, it's hard for me to imagine that God wouldn't have known the outcome of what was going to happen. Um, but it, it's more of a standpoint of now Abraham knows where he stands and, and the extent that he's, you know, that he was willing to go through uh, for offering Isaac up. Yes, and we know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good points. Now, I do know that, that at least in my version, uh, son thereafter only is in italics, so it's not in the original Hebrew. Um, so it had been your only. Uh, just as in the in verse 2, where it says, your only son, Isaac, it had just been your only Isaac. Jeff, did you have something on that, too? Absolutely. That's the other aspect. Yes. Yes, sir. I've read both of those of people, you know, making comments on both of those aspects as far as it's your only son being your only promised son. So, but Janice, what did you have? Abraham's love for God is equal to God's love for us. Well, yes, but I mean, it, I don't know, but it's hard for me to comprehend that someone in a uh, human aspect would have the amount of love uh, that God has for us. 
Um, but you know, I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to discredit what you're saying there, but I don't know, just equating the love of God to a love of a man, you know, it, I have a hard time in my mind, but you know that's just me. Um, I don't, like I said, what have you. Anything else before we close out? Because I've got to stop now. Thank you for your kind comments and attention.